1: All right, William, first, I want to thank you for joining us in the garage. Uh, I've been a fan of your work as far as the 9-1, uh, as far as nine eleven, as far as Alistair Crowley, and as far as West Memphis 3, which is a huge popular case and a case that is near and dear to mine and Nick's heart. Um, and then all of a sudden, I see you do this smiley face killer. And I'm interested on how you got into this theory of the smiley face
0: killer well that's a great question i was always i kind of uh, followed this trajectory of the occult and while i was researching my most recent book which is called children of the beast it's about alistair crilly's influence on the 20th century i kept seeing the smiley face and i had remembered this whole series of cases that was mentioned for the last maybe 15 20 years publicly as the smiley face killers and and uh, that's really how I got my start. I probably started researching in early 2016, and the reason this these series of cases of young men disappearing and then being found in water got the the name Smiley Face Killers is because the original two or three well it's really three it's uh, Jeff Gannon, Duarte out of New York and Gilbertson they noticed that in some of these disappearances and the drow- finding the bodies in water there's been a smiley face so. Uh, it got the name The Smiley Face Killers, and this, this phenomenon started over 20 years ago. And so that's really how I got interested. When I started researching it in 2016, really the first case that I researched was a case that you guys on The Garage uh, followed, which was Joey Labute. That was really the first case. And when he disappeared, I was following a researcher who's the main researcher on my film, Jim Smith. And when he disappeared, I said, if this guy followed, uh, gets found in water... I'm going to freak out, and and he was found in water 19 days late later, in the uh, as you say, Skioto River, <laughs> not the Scioto spelled Skioto, but uh, yeah, Skioto River. Scioto, yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, so, yeah, that was a tragic case, and uh, that's really kind of how I got started researching the cases. So I wanted to kind of cover everything. So I actually, you know, a couple of the of the true crime. Podcast that you covered involves some of the cases that I also investigated as well.
1: Yeah, I'm n- I'm not finished with the documentary yet, but you also did Joshua Dimon,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, that's an interesting case as well.
0: Absolutely, Guimon. I think I I don't know if I put Ross into the documentary, but I did some Illinois cases, and definitely Joey LeBute.
1: Yeah, and now so that's what what's interesting to me is this is kind of loosely uh, connected to the website the the Charlie Project. Um, and I say loosely because that's just kind of a collection of missing men in college age, r- roughly, right?
0: Yeah, there's a few cases. There's another one, Footprints at the River's Edge, which covers these cases. And a lot of the cases show up on WebSlus. So there's just a lot of Internet researchers posting information about these disappearances there as well, which I found to be invaluable for cases that had happened over 10 years ago.
1: Now, the you basically hone in on 30 cases?
0: I think so. Like, I think I listed them out, but I, I, I really covered a lot of cases in the U.S. and the U.K. There were more cases that have happened. Um, I did one in Thailand, France, uh, Spain, I mean, excuse me. But, uh, yeah, I would say the coverage of the cases is probably 40 or 45. I think um, as far as the cases that fit into this type of M.O., this type of, sequence of events where young men are out at night, disappear, they're searched intensely, and then found much later in water. I would say that there's conservatively about 150 of those cases and possibly peaking in, at uh, at a very liberal maybe 300 or 400 of these types of murders that have happened in the world over the last 25 years, 30 years.
1: Right, so there's hundreds, and, and, and what are you using to whittle that down? I mean, what what are your... Well, that's a good question. Do you question. have like a, a, a strict criteria, or was it a little loose?
0: Well, I tried to, for the for the film that I made, all the cases that I included were younger people out at bars who were found in water, and there are other cases that may fit outside that. You and I had chatted about Schaefer, the Schaefer case that happened in Columbus, Ohio. Right. That was another one in a bar. He was never found, but... That was a case that was really on the edge of whether I was gonna put it in, and I'd researched that as well, the Schaefer case, um, through C- True Crime for I, as a matter of fact. But, um, so I, I think there are many cases that, there are other researchers interesting who've looked into these cases, they've turned them something different. And I would actually argue or state that Smiley Face Killers is a kind of a misnomer. It just got that name because of that's how people associated these similar types of cases throughout multi-state jurisdictions. But right. there are other. There's a guy in Manchester. His name's Gary Jay. He is working on a documentary right now called The Manchester Pusher about that story. And there's cases that are still happening in Manchester. Um, there's also a girl in Boston. Her name was Elise Soper. I interviewed her, and she wrote about the Boston drownings on her excellent blog called Cryptid Antiquarian. And she, you know, she's a great writer. But that case, those cases that she posted about, garnered her. I think it was something that's crazy. I think it was either half a million or a million people viewed it. She had like 200 or 300 comments on that blog. So people right. were reading that with great interest. So those, And those Boston cases I included as well, Zach Marr, um, some of these other more recent cases. So I really tried, I, you know, I based my research upon Gilbert and Gannon, Gannon's excellent book. It's called Case Studies of Forensic, Forensic Drownings and built on their kind of general thesis.
1: And then you whittle, like we said, you whittled that down to about uh, thirty or forty uh, I, different victims. Correct.
0: And I pro- you know, I had a much larger list, but those are the ones that came to my attention. And even since the the, the finishing of the documentary in October of 2017, there's probably been another 20 cases or 30 cases. So, um, yeah, it's remarkable. It's, you know, there's these cases happening all over the world. Really, there were some in Hamburg, Poland. Um, there was one in Vienna so you know it's, uh, it's remarkable
1: can we go through a, just a short list of it's very um, when you're watching the documentary it starts becoming very apparent well one the age range almost the type of victim um, where they're located before they go missing can, can you dive into that a little bit
0: Absolutely. Just, I mean, I think that you know the age range is probably is is college age, so it's somewhere between eighteen or nineteen. I would say the mm-hmm. mean age is 23, 24, but it goes up to twenty eight. There's been some outliers are included in a 30 couple thirty year old men, but you know that's why. Yeah, but, got,
1: but even the even them they they almost appear younger.
0: True, excellent point. Yeah. You know, there's been a couple cases these guys could easily pass for somebody in their twenties, um, mm-hmm. but you know the the there's one researcher who has Kind of made a spreadsheet and he came down to the body mass index all these guys are fit healthy people there's almost nobody with a beer belly or overweight or oversized right. they're almost all fitting into a very narrow uh graph of you know young fit men so that's that's a remarkable thing about these cases
1: which and, is which is interesting on on two levels because i had a detective look at this and they said well well, one, nobody's oversized, nobody's really tall, nobody's really strong, like brooding men, mm-hmm. uh, and nobody's way overweight, so then they would be easy, easier to take uh, control of, but also easier to move the body later. It's um,
0: an, I mean, an, I think it shows this kind of uh, this, this planning and the selection of some of these men. I believe that they're, they're selected or targeted on the nights that they're out.
1: Can can you dive into that a little bit? Without...
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, when I was researching these cases and a lot of things that didn't go into the documentary, there were actually a couple near people who survived being drugged um, in, really? yeah, in the case studies in forensic drownings, they talk about a couple cases of guys who went to the emergency room and had no memory. So there's a, a current of drugging either through GHB Gannon and Gilbertson saw, saw in, in doses uh, in some of the victims. GHB is gamma hydroxybutyrate. It, it's endogenous. It's in your system, but in large doses, it right. incapacitates people. So that's a common trait, and that shows that some of these people are, are selected in drug. Um, but It's, I, it's th- like the date rape drug. Correct, exactly. Right. So um, there has been other people have made public statements, and I actually include one case in my a uh, documentary about a guy who was drugged in Boston and, and ended up underneath a road and called the police. He said, I don't even know how I got here. And when he went to court, he said, be careful, watch your drink, you can get drugged. So there was another case. And there's other key people who talked or, or who wrote things um, on Elise Soper's blog and others about strange meeting strange men who wanted to talk to them and ask them about their background and buy them a drink. And so, you know, there's a lot of suspicious elements there. And I, and there's also a curr- uh, some, a commonality in the more recent cases of you know, some of these young men being on gay dating apps, uh, particularly right. Joey LeBute, Dakota James out of Pittsburgh. So that's actually fairly close to Columbus, Ohio. I mean, not super yeah. close, but it's, you know, some people have, have traced some of these deaths, um, along a, a freeway corridor, but there was a lot of cases in Pittsburgh, Jimmy Slack, you know, some of these other cases, but both of those young men and others, um, or on gay dating apps. And, you know, there's been not, not just these types of smiley face murder type events, but you know, there are people, criminals have used these apps to, you know, roll or assault people and take their money. So, you know, right. Um, so as far as the selection process, those apps such as grinder or these other ones could w- you be used by perpetrators of these crimes as a selection type focus of their victim. Um, And and I include in this case, a recent case where the inquest is still going on about what happened as a case out of London of a man using gay apps to. And Mm -hmm. he was uh, multiple names, multiple gay apps to select his victims who he murdered through GHB.
1: Is it fair to say it seems like um, the, the cases that are older uh, to the newer case, it seems like the percentage of homosexual men being targeted is going up.
0: Good point. I think that that, that seems to be uh, more overt in these cases. It seems like in the older cases, there were elements to the older cases, um, particularly in Wisconsin, of of kind of gay bars. But the, some of these newer cases, like Joey the Butte, for example, um, associated with gay, gay bars, Dakota James as well. So... Yeah, I think that that's, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, so Joey actually went missing after leaving um, the union, which uh, I don't know if it's actually uh, considered a gay bar or just gay friendly. Uh, I know a lot of my friends and, and other people, we've gone there and drank multiple times. Um, and there was actually a lot of rumors that there was a bartender either there or across the street that was... that eventually got in trouble for drugging. Interesting. Um, and, well, and and which I never understood why you would drug one of your customers. And it, and it wasn't like he was doing it to take advantage of anybody.
0: That's an interesting point. Well, one of the aspects of that case that the public isn't aware of is that the union also owns the gay bar across the street. So that they... Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, so that was one of the aspects that I found out about Joey LeBute is there is a correlation between that and... He was on his phone. The last text message was a scrambled, jarbled message like G S T I O N, like possibly, and that's actually not uncommon in a lot of these cases. A lot of these guys send text their last texts, you know. Um, and it,
1: and it could have been in a drug state, and you wouldn't know what you're. Yeah, it, it might have been a cry for help, but you don't know.
0: Well said, exactly. So right. it's very scary that that thing. Uh, he didn't know what he was walking into. He was walking into trouble. Probably the same thing with Schaefer, you know. They get lured yeah. in there for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, unfortunately, the drugging elements are still common. I've, I've heard stories, even there was a prominent guy who got caught here in Santa Monica at a very mm-hmm. nice, well-known establishment. People saw him drug his date, and he got caught. Um, so, you know, those are heterosexual. But so these, these right. I mean, and the interesting thing about these cases, I think that Women are very aware of their drink and very aware of the possibility of getting date raped through so many right. cases, public cases, Cosby, etc. But men don't seem to think that they're targets. And I think that there's this in some of these victims, they don't see it coming. You know, so I think that that's something to get the word out about is that young men really can be are in a, a pool, you know, in a age group that are being stalked or victimized by what's known as the smiley face killers.
1: Well, and I used to play in bars every weekend, and I used to tell a lot of the listeners, "If you lose sight of your drink, toss it. Just get rid yeah, of it. It's, it's, not, it's yeah. not worth the three to five bucks, which you don't know what happened." And then the funny thing was, uh, or not a funny thing was, uh, I was playing this acoustic gig, and I had a gentleman walk into the bar, uh, you know, probably um, I don't know thirty feet straight to the bar. Didn't say hi to anybody, just went right to the bar, ordered two shots for me and for him. Didn't know the guy, brought the shot to the stage, canned me the shot. I said, thanks very much. I put it down, didn't take it. The guy starts yelling, take your shot, take your shot. I said, no, no, man, I'll, I'll take it later, I'll take it later, take your shot. I go, look, dude, I don't know you, I'm not taking the shot the dude threw down his shot and took off running. Wow. And I thought, I just thought, well, what, what is going on here? You know, right. uh, well, do always, you don't know. Yeah. Well, and I always wonder, and I, you probably uh, have some of the same similar feeling is you don't know if, if by covering any of these cases, if you're going to be targeted by anybody, right i mean
0: it's interesting when you bring up that shot because that's how river phoenix died somebody came up behind him and handed him a shot and that was the hot fix that ended his life you know he just and then he drank and he said what was in that and it was a massive amount of both speed and heroin so you gotta you gotta be careful in, in that company you know and i think he probably felt he i don't i didn't put him in the smiley face killers cases but he was in a bar at night and you know, that ended his life. So you got to really be careful and you're lucky to be, you know, in those environments you got, you can't let your guard down at all.
1: Right. And and I think, um, by you covering this and by other people bringing awareness to these cases that maybe, uh, men will start being a little more wise as the women have become over the years.
0: Yeah. There's a couple I included in this as pot, like a exemplar of possible, um, type perpetrators. There was a guy named Lanphier, L-A-N-P-H-E-R, you can read about him. I included him in my documentary. He was in Wisconsin, but he would go around at night at bars and people had seen him, in, one, of the vi- one of his victims saw him in a bar playing pool. And he would go around at night and look for men after the bars got out. That was his, that was his hunting ground. And mm. it was interesting too, because Lanphier was, I think on the surface, he was heterosexual. But he also had decided, and, you know, it kind of looks like the Herb Baumeister type thing where they have a surface. He had a kind of a surface normalcy, but he and he would abduct them and keep them. And the way he got caught is one of his victims got out. And right. so, yeah, it was I mean, it's terrifying to think that that's what happens. But I think that that is an element in all the smiley face killing cases, because a lot of these people have disappeared. For so much significant amount of time, Dakota James was missing for 40 days. Um, and if what? you watch the documentary, I show conclusively that they searched the area where he was found um, the, the day or the weekend before he was found on a Monday morning. So on Sunday night, he magically kind of appeared in uh, in the in the, uh, p- the river right there in Pittsburgh. So yeah. Well,
1: so let's go back to the Joey Lebute case for a little bit because he was missing for 19 days. 19, right. Yeah. I don't know if there was ever a report, and I could not find it before we talked on if they actually searched the Scioto before that day. But I'm assuming at some point they probably did um, within those 19 days.
0: Um, I would assume so. Um, and the uh, the interesting thing, well, it's kind of graphic, but but when people pass away in water, bodies decompose and typically surface um, just in right. the process of decomposition. So often in in very temperate weather. There's a graph like a, a doctor had made, but, you know, at the out, at the very outlier, in super cold, it's like 20 or 25 days. So in normal weather, it's somewhere within a week. So why, why are these guys not being found within, you know, if they had drowned? And I think right. I tried to prove, and one of the aspects of my documentary I think I proved conclusively is that these are not drownings. They've been called by the FBI drownings. They've been called by other people you know, random thing, you know, suspicious drownings, but a lot of these people there have been, um, and yeah, I think there was a very cr- lousy surveillance video of Joey Labude. He's upright, you know, he's right. upright walking around in the short North in the union. There's other people, Dakota James is walking and typing at the same time. So he's not too drunk. His mom said he was not a heavy drinker, you know, Kelleher out of Boston, upright, all these guys, are uh, Garcia out of Boston, Boston is a hot spot. But you know, these are remarkable that they can call these guys are somehow so inca- they can walk upright and then suddenly get incapacitated and drowned in typically very um, benign, non-high current rivers like the Sciota in that area where Joey Lebue was found was actually an eddy outside of the main current of the river, so it's highly unlikely that he somehow wandered over there and just you know drowned.
1: Well, and I always wondered. Uh, I've never fallen into water while I was drunk, but I would assume that one would almost get a shock to their system and almost sober up a little bit to, you know, swim to the surface, get out of the water. Uh, I mean, you're talking about very high levels of intoxication that they would have to be, to not be able to, to just pass out and then just drown.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: and I, and, and I, you know, I've played in bars for years. Um, roughly, you know, rarely would you ever see somebody that intoxicated. Uh, you, you, every now and then they would somebody would be very intoxicated passing out at the bar. Well, at that point, they have to leave the bar and normally the bar calls them a taxi or Uber or whatever. Um, so you would think because uh, bars get in big trouble for that. Right. So you'd think that these individuals being at bars, if they were that intoxicated, that the bar would at least have kn- known something or we would see that at any time on these surveillance tapes, because most of these tapes that we see of these men, they are like you said, they're not extremely intoxicated. So let's start with the the why. Why do you think these boys are going missing?
0: I believe they are targeted off. Uh, they're well. There's. Well, I can tell you what that's not happening. There's no financial crimes associated with these guys. There's nothing going on. So why are they abducted? I believe that, and I think I showed this.
1: It's okay to be graphic too. Well, I mean,
0: you don't want to get too, but I think that they're Mm -hmm. a target audience because these are homosexual type associated crimes and these men fit an ideal, healthy, young, athletic, not not fat. And uh, that's what they're targeted for is primarily sexual purposes.
1: And then the who.
0: Well, that's a I good guess, question. Like, uh, what? Who is interested in these type of people? You know, I think that that's really, your your, if the police want to type. Well, they have to ascertain that these are not accidental drownings. They have to see that these are dumpings of body of people who are probably pre deceased. Um, but uh, once they determine that these are are strategic, you know, strategic body dumps in water to confuse the cops. Then they have to go back and see who's the perps who's the possible purposes what who are the type of people and I identify a lot of those people in my documentary you know I use exemplars so um, all right
1: so you say people so you it seems like to me that these detectives early on when they were talking about the smiley face killer that it was it was one killer
0: well if they were they're I think they're making a mistake. I believe that this is a type of learned m o that's been a, that I think arose into the public consciousness in these events due to the ability of travel and also the ability of communication through international means. So I believe, and my conclusion is that this type of MO has been talked about or discussed through fetish sites or underground dark web stuff, Mm -hmm. and these people have put it, other individuals in different parts of the uh, country and world have put it into practice um because they know they can get it's kind of like a perfect crime. And even even at the time in some of the early discussions of the cases, you know, when Duarte and Gilbertson were on TV and some of the there were journalists involved in the cases, there were people who came up and said this is the perfect crime. That's why they're dropped in water, you know. And uh so that's what I that's why I think these cases really came to the people's awareness. Right at the t- correlation at the time the internet uh, started growing in usage in the 90s, you know? So I think uh, I think that that's where you have, and it's remarkable there's some cases that do not fit the kind of mean, you know, cosmopolitan urban cases. There's a lot in New York, Boston. It says mostly these are urban type cases, but there was one case out of Atlanta, Georgia. A uh, guy's name was Nas Rahimi. He was from Perth, Australia, mm-hmm. and he got caught up in the wrong crowd. He was bisexual hanging out at gay bars and the smiley face killer type mo happened to him and uh it's just in that case it's i mean i could tell you stuff offline it It'd blow your mind man it's amazing well no, i, to,
1: <laughs> well, I, I want to tell you well i want you to tell me
0: online i mean uh, the the uh, it's just that that case um, he was found in a river uh, you know some some of the investigators on the ground there jim smith namely said you know there's there's a some of these guys are really tortured, like literally not just held, but they are tortured. And, and there were some right. reports that he looked like he got hit by a car, Nazarhymi. And that's 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 not conclusive. That's a report, but right. um, for example, Patrick McNeil. They call him. He's one of the early to again cases. He was found South Hudson Bay at a water treatment facility, and he he was a student at a college in, in New York City. And they said that he was at a bar. He was leaving. He was puking. A car was following him, watching him as he stopped. The car stopped and he disappeared, found dead. And the parents didn't really know much. But after about, I think, 10 years, they got an autopsy and the autopsy told the parents a completely different story than what they had heard. Uh, So what did they hear? Well, they had heard help. that he, their son was just found in the water and drowned. He was a drowning case or something like that. But, right. Um, he was
1: drunk, and they probably assumed he right. was drunk. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, the mom was like, you know, we don't know what's going on out there. Well, he, uh, when they got the autopsy, the, the, the forensics on it showed that he had been, looked like he had been bound in a chair, that he had been tortured with a blowtorch on the upper part of his body, that he hmm. had like claw marks to his head, like somebody hit him in the head with a hammer, and that was never disclosed. That at torture aspect of his um, abduction. So I do believe a lot of these other cases, um, these autopsies would tell an incredible story. So,
1: so I just want the the listener to be very clear on this idea that you believe that at some point there was a killer that kind of came up with this. Almost kind of like a foolproof plan. I, I find an individual or a target in an individual. I either slip them drug or they're partially drunk. And then they're, this is the type of individual I'm looking for. I take this person. I torture them or, or rape them or whatever I do. And then at some point, I'm going to drop them into water. And that will help destroy a lot of the evidence.
0: And confused the police. So I think that's it. Yeah, that's the smiley face killer MO. Exactly.
1: And so then what you're saying is that there's not...
0: Sometimes it feels like the world is throwing everything at you. Dell Technologies Advisors have the tech advice you need to navigate whatever you're up against. Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL and do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro.
1: One smiley face no killer, but the, no. but the idea is that then through chat rooms, through uh, the dark web, through other means that these killers have almost learned from each other. So there might be a smiley face killer in Chicago or in Columbus. And also, you know, there, were, so there could be, you know, 10 of these guys out there working Precisely. on the same Precisely. MO, Precisely. And then the ones, and then, so then, you, so then your theory then also goes into the idea that, so if there was a killer in Columbus, that maybe he went down to, to Georgia and then did it down there or went
0: to the exactly. UK or. Exactly. And it's That's interesting, the death of Joey Labute happened during the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, right? So how many people came into town for that body lifting?
1: Well, and if you talk to a lot of detectives, they will even state, you know, you know, there's been the question of, you know, can you get away with murder? And I've talked to a lot of detectives about this, and they always say that one of the number, way, number one ways to get away with murder would to not have any connection to the victim, Right. And and, and so th- and okay. right. And so in this MO, that's why we have you know hundreds of boys missing. and and so it, it's interesting because you could take your uh, theory a little bit farther. if we have you know two to three hundred boys roughly of this type, age, uh, body type age, that if they're getting these, if they're getting kind of a map on how to commit these crimes online, uh, you, you would assume that if there's five to ten guys doing this similar, that there would be five to ten guys going, ah, eh, I, I listen, I heard your advice, I'm going to do it this way.
0: Something, right? You I mean, know, so yeah, I mean, and that
1: could account for the others.
0: So then, well, there are others. There's others that have been found dead. I mean, I I got to do a list. I think it's really important for me to write a book because then you can see yeah. the totality of the cases and some of the outliers. That may not fit the whole water thing but that were clearly abducted and dumped but uh you know there's amazing there's just so i mean if you watch the whole documentary there's a lot of there's a lot of people kicked out of bars you know that so that fits in with the whole land fear guy i was talking about chris jenkins out of minnesota that's a famous case chris mm-hmm. wilcox illinois zach marr boston dakota james pittsburgh lance james bristol no, Lance James was uh, Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia, Henry Burke, Bristol, Anthony Arena, New York City. So, you know, there's I've got those listed out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think in there's a subculture within that culture that, I mean, if you watch the documentary, I pretty much lay it out pretty clear what I think is happening.
1: Yeah, so that, that brings me to a question because I always know, you know, I always knew your work at through books and you being an author, so... What made you want to take on doing it as a documentary form and not?
0: Well, there were a, other, there were other, um, books that were out there. And also I think that through the visual mean medium, you can see mm-hmm. things very clearly that something hyper suspicious is happening, you know? So you can see these cases like Franco Garcia out of Boston, that he's walking upright, that he's not just stumbling drunk and that he, they searched the, um, reservoir where he's at you can watch the search of the reservoir the cops looking in the reservoir and then he pops up some jogger sees him on the side so the cops who are searching for him with sonar couldn't find him but some random jogger in the morning can find him which should tell you something they didn't find him in the afternoon right so they find what happened the night before the same thing happened with Dakota James and you know some of these other people but uh you know I think that the visual medium is very helpful in those in that case. You can see Anthony Arena out of New York, that he's stumbling drunk, and there's a, literally a car going up a wrong-way street trailing him. It's amazing. Like I don't even know if the cops ever got the license plate of that car or whatever, but he was Arena was found down the Hudson in Hoboken on the other side of uh, the Manh- uh, Manhattan Island where he was last seen. It's an incredible case. So you can see, I think those visual aspects. I do a lot of mapping. So you can see that yeah, this that's is happening, a, happening a, all a, over the world. You know, There's another case that I think that's really important, which is Arvin Sharma. He was a strange case because he was from Nepal. He was a Nepalese, but he was out with uh, friends in South D.C. and was at a bar that also on the side of it was a gay s bar. And he hmm. was out, disappeared. His brother says he must have seen something that he shouldn't have seen. Arvind Sharma get, shows up in the Anacostia River, upstream from where he last was seen. So that's a, even another suspicious case. So when you see all these suspicious cases, one after one after one, I think that the conclusion is something really, sus- you know, very sketchy is happening. But also you can just see it, you know, you can see it on the map.
1: Yeah, so you were using uh, Google Maps. Google the, Earth. Was, Google Earth, gr- gr- Yeah, and I, I actually found that very fascinating, especially the um, TD... The What's that uh, arena called? TD,
0: TD Arena in Boston? Yeah, TD
1: Arena, yeah, yeah which I, I'm a big NBA fan, so I've watched a bunch of games. And then to just when you kind of zoom back, I mean, there just something hit me where I went, I watched all these games of, you know, whether it's Cleveland playing Boston on TV, and then to think that uh, so, somebody left that building that night and was targeted.
0: Right, so it was and, it, it, and Hurley. Both fascinating cases, but both left to the arena. And that seems another commonality in a lot of these cases is crowds. You know, there's crowds or music venues or something like that. Jimmy Slack out of Pittsburgh, where they come out of these venues and just disappear. So, Well, and also
1: possibly the other traveling aspect, because if you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, but you're from Columbus, you're going to be traveling uh, two and a half hours. So if you're going to target somebody, you know, before you came back to Columbus, you know, that would give you um a victim that you would not be tied to um in any way shape or form other than possibly being at that event same way with the joey labute's case um
0: well yeah it's pretty disturbing that that could happen but i think you know i think these are crimes that happen somebody's been planning you know they plan it's not they're not ran the victims themselves may be selected that night but the person or people involved are clever and they're they're plotting and planning
1: do you think it's a one-to-one ratio as far as you know the attacker and the victim
0: <clears throat> i don't know i really don't i I think that i think there are multiple like land was a lone wolf but you know i think that there might other be groups you know there might be other people helping out and then putting people at ease oh you know it's just three of us and you you know and then that's it and then at a certain moment everything turns there was one right. case out of uh Wisconsin. The guy's name was Scott Bake Radle. I think it was one of the drowning and forensics cases, but he was, he was out and got chased by a group of people and the dad sits and I put it in my documentary when the dad wrote this, this was incredible. He's flat out says there are groups of people in cars targeting towns, going from town to town, looking for victims every night. So they would go to one town then the next town and, uh, you know, it fits in the mobility aspect of, I think, that is involved in a lot of these cases.
1: So then, with these autopsies, with these victims that have been, they obviously have injuries other than drowning. Why do you think law enforcement is not doing a better job of putting that out there? Because it seems to me, and the, some of the cases that we have covered that are connected to this theory. It seems to me that the cops almost want to dismiss and, and, and lessen and go, oh, okay, well, chances are he was just drunk. Well, there's no, you know, the toxicology report doesn't, you know, support that. So, what, why do you think they're not, uh, or, or do you think?
0: Well, I think that, I actually think that almost in all of these cases, the initial opinion, well, Labute was actually an outlier. I think the, the police there in Columbus, actually publicly stated we don't know how he entered the water, but I think a right. majority of these cases probably ninety five percent to ninety nine percent the police have immediately looked at them as accidental drownings. I think that they've come upon the body oh, the guy drowned, and they call somebody a uh, rescue squad and take him out They don't look them as crime scenes, and I think that that changing that perception of founding a young man in water and looking at it as a potential crime scene would change how people look at these cases. And I also, I talked to an ex FBI agent. His name was D'Souza and he had some very fascinating things to say about the smiley face killers. Um, but he said that there's, a, a very, uh, significant connection to the authorities and, you know, the local businesses not to, uh, categorize these as murders because, a lot of these are college students. So a lot of these, you know, a lot of these uh, cases happen in college towns, Boston, and they don't want to raise a, uh, anything that would besmirch the reputation of the city or the colleges. So that's fascinating. Dakota James was a graduate student. Um, Yeah, so that, I think, is uh, one important aspect. And I also think that, you know, some of the, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it. It's interesting because the chief of police in Boston came out and publicly said that there's no suspicious drownings. I think they're highly... I mean, you can look through the Boston cases alone. They're highly suspicious, Kelleher and Hurley. And, uh, I mean, one of the Kelleher case who walked out of TDI Garden, he crossed over the the St. Charles River, went to Paul Revere Park, called an Uber three times, disappeared, but his phone pinged back across the St. Charles River south. All the way into kind of almost like, I think it's the MIT area. How did that right. happen? How did that, I mean, that's super suspicious. So,
1: well, but then uh, to that point as well, I mean, you have Joey LeBute going missing uh, during one of Columbus's major weekends that they make a, a lot of money by having this Arnold Classic, and then also these Boston Celtics games or these hockey games that these gentlemen are leaving from. And it's so, oh, but you you would think that these victims' lives would be more important than you know tarnishing the idea that you could go to a a hockey game and something bad could happen to you if you're not careful
0: I would agree I would agree I mean,
1: but now, what about the yeah. cases where there is clearly you know attack marks on these victims and and different what do you make of that? you just is that just shoddy work or do you think it's just or is it a larger cover-up on some level?
0: Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think that like Tommy Booth, that was outside of Philadelphia. He 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 was found in a place that had been previously searched in a very obvious place eight days after he disappeared, and he had evidence of torture. I think he had a broken tooth. Somebody put a cigarette out on him. Um, so I don't know why the police aren't disclosed. I mean. I think it I think it might be an aspect of police work where, where they keep certain information from the public. Unfortunately, they're not right. warning the public, which I think uh, would be important, you know. So I think that, I think it's very odd. It's just a very, I mean, I can see a clear pattern. I've looked at these cases. I've studied them. And I'm not exaggerating when I say the number 150 all over the world. Um, so... You know, I, I, I guess it's just not the police's job to warn the public that this this, this could happen. And, and like I said, if they're not considering these to be crime scenes, then their work is done right away. Some people have actually speculated it's a lot easier for the police to take somebody off their books by just saying accidental drowning. That's not and on my caseload. On. Yeah, move on.
1: Yeah, and in and, and some of these towns you'd think, you know, maybe more so a Boston than a than a Columbus, but, you know, these major... Uh, cities where the crime rate is higher and there would be more case uh, caseload. So, maybe but maybe that's part of um, the teachings of during the dark web in these chat rooms is you know do do this in bigger cities instead of smaller towns where you know the law enforcement. If the, you know because if this happened in 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 my town, which is south of Columbus, um, the, it would not they would not rest until it was solved you know
0: that's interesting yeah and that may be it that may be the urban rural dynamic is that these are all urban areas and you know things happen next you know move on to the next one new york you know 20 or 30 deaths that have happened there and all found in the water is a pittance compared to the population right right you know so um yeah it's uh it's a very have, interesting dynamic, but I can... I mean, these, these events are happening. There was one right recently just out of um, Illinois. There was, another, there was another out of Manchester within the last month, you know? So, um, I think... Have, you, guys have you ever thought
1: of make, about making this um, like a podcast series where you could go through all the individual cases?
0: It's a good idea. The, it's a really good idea.
1: And then as the new ones come out, you could say, well, I think this fits into the into my theory or this doesn't fit into my theory
0: yeah. because i mean, they you're... all fit into the same mo this guy's name was kyle rogers outside of chicago and disappeared gay you know found in a river you know, mm-hmm. so. and the interesting thing is my documentary I actually spent about a half an hour talking about the occult nature of the smiley face that's how really i got started was seeing the smiley face associated with alan moore acid music you know some of these occultists so um there is, a, there is this element of these crimes that is occult in nature. And if you're really, you know, very aware and just kind of watching, you'll see the smiley face pop up in very strange places. You know, it's like it popped up in the new It. You know, they use the smiley face. You know, so yeah. it, the symbolism of the smiley face is associated with some of these cases. No doubt.
1: Now, but that, that's a smaller percentage in the cases you find than, than what the detectives uh, initially
0: Yes, uh, that I definitely would... found recent smiley faces. Zach Marr, um, out of Boston, there was a something. Uh, this guy Wilkins, out of Bristol, there was a, a smiley face of a man behind bars, which is remarkable. Right down the path where he was last seen, Wilkins was another case that I followed. A more recent case within the last two years that you can see him walking on surveillance video, and the cops came out with the underwater scuba divers to look for his body in a very small pond spent the time working for looking for him and then he showed up later in that same pond so it's uh, it's pretty clear yeah. yeah
1: and then you kind of you uh, kind of wonder too if these individuals are also watching the media and uh, because if they have this individual uh, and it would be interesting based on the autopsy they would be able to um, if, if it was done correctly we'd be able to see that this person was alive uh, for you know 14 14 days of the 19 days they went missing right you know and 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 then when where they dumped and um but and like we were kind of saying before it's like what if this guy's watching the news and finds out well they just uh they just they just went through the COdor river so now I'm going to uh dump Joey there that's now Well I mean it's dump.
0: a terrifying thought but it's not uncommon uh for serial killers or people to ingratiate themselves with police forces or watch the news to see what's going on or taunt police so Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's plausible. Have you been, I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to say, have you been reached out to by any of the, uh, family members?
0: Some, you know, here and there. Um, I think most people are, are just aware they they, yeah, I, I haven't had any negative feedback from anybody, um, in regards to my investigation. That's from the families. I've had more sleep contact and, you know, some people have asked, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, when somebody reaches out to me and their loved one is missing and right. then they're found dead, it's not a good feeling. Right. Just leave it at that.
1: Well, no, and I, you know, it's um, because you have done some controversial work. and This is and a controversial
0: so- piece. Some people deny it. They don't see it. You know, I've done controversial, no doubt. Well, no,
1: but I'm saying that this is probably less controversial than (laughs) some of your other work. But it's also, you know, I want to applaud you for taking the time and uh, spending your own time and your own effort and your own energy and your own money uh, to try to bring these cases to light. Try to show that there are connections, show that we need to be warning the public about this. We need to take this serious. And even if you're wrong on some level of your theory compared to the de- to detective's theories, you're still, your main purpose is to shed light on these cases, get people talking and and maybe get some results.
0: Yeah, hopefully that would be great. I would love to see that happen.
1: Well, I appreciate um, talking with you. I, I don't know if you have something else that you want to,
0: Well, I can can say that if you want to watch the film, it's available on Vimeo. All you have to do, you can stream anywhere in the world, vimeo.com. Look up Smiley Face or My Name, William Ramsey. It's a very long uh, documentary. I really did try to document operative work. You know, a lot of these cases I include, a lot of subtitles so people can read along, and you can reference a lot of the information that I put in the documentary to cases or web sleuths or things like that and check and verify all those facts. I've never had any of the facts you know uh questioned or anything people have looked through the case but i've had a very positive response and you can look at the comments on my vimeo page to just see all the comments i mean I, we talked you and i talked about naz one of his family members from our friends of him from perth australia was able to see the documentary and comment that his family didn't believe the story so Uh, you know, I think that that is a very valuable thing. So people can be aware of this there since i made the documentary or was working on making the documentary, you know, I found out in Perth in the Harbor of Perth alone, there's been 80 cases of men found in the Harbor. So I haven't even gone and looked through that. And I also found out same thing happens in Amsterdam. So this is really a global event. And a lot of these guys, they just had a recent case out of UK, Liam Colgan, it's just incredible to watch these people disappear and then be found in water. Liam Colgan travels. I think he was at Hamburg and I'm watching and I go, man, they need to walk, look at the river. And then, you know, three weeks later, he's found in the river. So then they just had another kid, Sims, leave a bar in, um, he was in Scotland somewhere by St. Andrew's golf course. They looked all over the golf course. They just found his remains in the ocean. So, you know, uh, that was another one. There's another case of a guy from, Laughing Rabbit, or he's the head of a band. He was found in Scotland as well. So these are cases that are just happening over and over again. Same MO, even to this day. Even well, to, like you June said that twenty eighteen,
1: and and I don't know much about uh, the dark web, but you would think that um, FBI and CIA needs to take this stuff a little more serious. And then maybe you know, because there could be a hub somewhere. I mean, for all we know, there is you know training videos you know good
0: point well i show that in my If we reach the end of the documentary i cover a movie that was i don't want to name the name a movie that was on netflix where they are showing water torture young man some older dude just shoving him in water and torturing the daylights at him it's incredible so you know something associated with that and i mean if you want to get into the fetish world and the people involved in that fetish world it gets really dark and, uh, you know, these guys have tastes and interests that shocked them on you know, what they're up to. Um, you well, know, I mean,
1: I, I don't know if you followed the Bruce MacArthur case. Yes, absolutely. Um, which is very similar. It's a, absolutely. there's a lot of similarities. The only difference was he wasn't dumping, uh, he was not taking his victims and put them in water. He was, he was, um, putting them in flower beds.
0: Right. Well said, do you know how they busted him and what happened around his arrest?
1: Yeah, well, we covered the case. Oh, but, okay,
0: but they had a he had somebody tied down in a bed. He had somebody yes. abducted, restrained, and in a bed. I think it was a young man. So um, he had a potential next victim in his in his place. So you know, well, and,
1: this, he, and if you get a chance, his victim uh, he had another victim that got away.
0: Right, I remember that guy. Um, he was interviewed, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and the, and that's just uh, that that was some dark stuff. Dark and then stuff. you just wonder, did, you know, is it just are they just getting the information from reading it uh online or is it you know even some something darker like you said where there's somebody teaching their ways
0: well it i mean you know there's some really dark stuff in the bdsm fem, you know uh, fet life stuff but you know some of these guys they take on this and you can read some of these cases but they become there's a dominant and a submission. And some of these guys have strange names and roles where they're supposedly like to- teacher torturers. It's crazy. So, I mean, it's, right. it's potential that these guys, um, when I was researching these cases, I, I knew that, you know, I come to the conclusion it was something going on like that, this kind of bondage. Well, here, so, in, I mean, here in LA, there are, there are 10 bondage places that you can rent that you as a public can pay money for a couple hours and it's a, uh, it's how a much literal do they cost? I didn't, I didn't find out, No, it's, but it's, it's, but, it's, but it's, yo, know, I mean, I was like, Hey man, this is like 20 blocks away from me. These are not far. And you, I mean, I would assume that in a lot of these cities, there are places like that. They're literal. Yeah, it's bad, dude. I mean, there, there was one case that you covered on uh, true crime garage. It was a guy who his, his, his choice of victim were females, right? But he was an older dude, 57, who literally had like a freaking dungeon on his property, right?
1: Uh, I think that was Warley. Worley, than, uh, yeah. So, fine. I mean,
0: he was abducting women. One girl was out on a jog or on a ride or bike ride or something like that, yeah. and that was one that got away. But, you know, who knows how many people he was. I think that when they catch somebody associated with these murders, they're going to find that the number is big, you know? Going to find somebody who's a repeat like a herb Baumeister, so I would definitely warn the audience, There are definitely, at least yeah, that a craze was crazy, push. yeah, crazy. Herb Baumeister was crazy.
1: Well, the yeah, Warley up in um northern Ohio was crazy too because uh, I used to play up there and so I, I was taking a trip about a couple weeks ago and then I just googled to like why I was in the area, like I'll just google where that was at. Well. It was basically on the on the way to where I I'd, I'd normally go, anyways, uh, and I probably took that road of you know 20, 30 times. And you just go, here is this guy that has this layer in, in his barn, and nobody knew about it, you know.
0: Yep, yep uh, secret. I mean, there's a lot. If you look at some of these cases of like abductions, there's a lot. There's there there these stories of dungeons and stuff. People's personal dungeons are they're out there. You know, these people yeah. like the, and so they're prime, but, then we, but for it's victims. weird though. Like they're looking for victims.
1: Yeah. And it's weird on some level. Cause we, we celebrate it on some level with stuff like, um, the, what's that movie called? Uh, the silence of the, the lambs or something? No, no gray.
0: Um, uh, Oh, right. Uh, 50 shades of gray,
1: 50 shades of right. gray, stuff like that. We, we celebrate it on one level, but then it's like, once it goes into a, a into a dark twist to it 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 can get bad
0: it gets really bad i mean one of the interesting things yeah i mean i don't want to ruin the end of the documentary but um no because i'm not done yet. okay well the <laughs> yeah. the end of the documentary shows some pretty graphic stuff that gets dark and i i mean some of these possible perpetrators are there there's some very scary people walking around just go watch the end of the documentary
1: and one of the great things about this documentary is you can buy it or you can rent it so right. So I, I think that's a great priced. option.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair. $5 for a week or 12 bucks, you can buy it.
1: I'm halfway through. I'm very entertained. Can you explain to everybody where they can find you and, and the rest of your work? Because it's not the the first time that you uh, have done tons of research and, and brought great content to the world.
0: Well, I appreciate it. My website is William Ramsey Investigates. If you want signed copies or you want to buy a DVD, you can go to WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Um, I have a couple of YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, William Ramsey Investigates, where I will post this interview. But uh, I also have a show that goes out on Spreaker. So I'm on iTunes and everything like that. I put out an hour per week. If you're interested in that, you can go check that out too.
1: It's very cool stuff. I'm I'm glad to say that I know you, and that uh, and uh, and hopefully we we'll get to talk about the West Memphis Three anytime. Case very soon. Glad
0: well, I'm glad to know you, and I, I appreciate you reaching out, and thank you very much for the interview. Thank you. All right, man. We could all use a real vacation right about now. Lucky for us, Princess Cruises has a port right here in L.A. Starting at $89 per day, Princess can take you to the beaches of Mexico, the tropics of Hawaii, or along the California coast. That's right, just $89 per day. Set sail with L.A.'s cruise line. Call 1-800-PRINCESS, visit princess.com, or contact your travel advisor. Terms and restrictions apply. Promotional pricing ends November thirtieth, twenty 2021. Ships at Bermuda and British Registry. Before booking, consult the CDC website at www.cdc.gov Savings and available coupons vary.